Hey, this is Dan, and thanks for tuning in to the podcast where I talk legal stuff with lawyers that I know, like, and trust. I hope you find the information really useful, and if you need legal help, that you reach out to one of these lawyers directly or drop by lawbydan.com, and I can steer you in the right direction. For business owners, there is nothing more daunting than selling your business, and oddly enough, it is often the same thing for buyers. There is a lot involved. Well, to talk about the things you need to know if you're a seller of a business, I'm joined again by Sylvia Lopez, Director at Big Law. Sylvia, what are the big items that a seller needs to have sorted before selling their business? Hey, Dan. Look, there's quite a bit, well... There's a few major ones, but before we get into them, I guess one of the biggest things that I find with sellers is understanding that your buyers are going to do due diligence on your business, and therefore it's important that you basically tidy up your house before a buyer comes in to look at what you're selling them. So the first thing is actually understanding how you're operating your business. Now that sounds a little bit counterintuitive, but understand the structure that you've set up your business in. So are you a sole trader? Are you a company? Are you a company with a trust? And understand what that structure looks like um, so that you can then also have an idea of what sort of transaction you might be looking for to, to do with a buyer. The reason that's critical and it's important is that depending on what structure you've adopted to actually trade your business in, will affect the tax consequence of things like capital gains tax, as well as the stamp duty that a buyer might have to pay. Now, it's easy to sit back and go, well, stamp duty is not my problem, I'm selling, but it will affect the the return that you get because it is an expense that a buyer has to bear and they'll take that into account when they make you an offer to buy your business. So... In terms of that, it's important to understand what what you've got and what you're selling. Beyond that, um, then it, there's a need to make sure that, as I say, whatever entity you've been trading in is what I call a clean entity, making sure that there's nothing there that is going to come up and be problematic during a buyer undertaking due diligence. There are things like making sure your financial records are in order, make sure that your lodgements with the ATR are up to date, things like your BAS returns, whether you do them monthly or quarterly. Not so worried about whether you've got a debt, just make sure that your lodgements are done on time so that they're all in order by the time that a buyer comes looking. Um, Things like your tax returns and your financial statements are up to date. Um, That's important. People are are going to want to get an idea of how your business has traded um, to work out how much it's worth. So you need to have those up-to-date financials available for them. Sylvie, what about in relation to, um, you know, employees and like human resource issues generally? I, I assume that's part of the uh, the due diligence that a potential buyer would be looking at? Absolutely. So it's really important to work out whether you have a key employee, for example, who's critical to the business operations, um, as well as looking at the rest of your employees and things like, you know, making sure that you've got employment contracts in place. 
um, sometimes we let issues fester, you know, so looking at whether there are any HR issues that need to be dealt with and addressing them so that they're resolved before you have a sale, um, that's critical as well. No, No buyer wants to take on employees or a business that has residual issues around those things. They can be quite expensive risks to take on, so it's best to deal with them um, and have them taken care of before you put your business to market. Now, what about uh, asset registers and, and, and what have you? Yeah, so look, these are important because you need to be able to document what you're selling, okay? So um, understanding what your assets are, having them recorded in your asset register, which will often be recorded in your depreciation schedule anyway for for your financials. Um, Understanding whether you're excluding any assets. Um, Quite often, owners of businesses will have a motor vehicle, for example, that is effectively their personal vehicle, may not want to include it in the sale. Um, Laptops are another good one. So identifying whether there are any assets that you don't necessarily want to include in the sale is just as important as working out what assets you are including in the sale. So it pays to give that some thought um, to make sure that you're very clear with what you're selling at the time that you actually get to contract. Now, commercial leases, I mean, I know that's a, a big facet of uh, the work that you do at Big Law, um, mm. and it goes without a doubt um, that you've probably seen some very, very badly drafted commercial leases. Uh, wh- what does that mean for a, a, a seller of a business um, if, the, if their lease actually isn't in order? It's a bit of a mess. Well, if people are going to pay you good money for a business, they want to know that the business has a home to live in and operate from. So that's critical for operations. It's critical for goodwill as well, um, depending on the sort of business that you have. So either having a dispute with your landlord, it ought to be resolved if you can before you put the business uh, up for sale. If you don't have a lease, quite often people will have had a lease initially, um, but it's come to an end and they're effectively in a period that we refer to as holding over. So it's just a tenancy at will. It can be determined by usually, typically, a month's notice. Um, So again, as a buyer, you're going to want to have the, the right to be in those premises. So making sure that you have that to transfer to a buyer is important as well. It may be that you own your premises too and you haven't worried about having a lease in place. Well, that's going to affect um, the GST treatment on the sale, so documenting that correctly so you can take advantage of things like going the going concern exemption is important. So it becomes quite critical to have that document um, in place and working well for you as well. Uh, licenses and registrations, uh, obviously relevant uh, to some businesses more than others, but uh, assuming very important. That's right. And understanding whether, um, and that goes along with IP as well, so intellectual property, websites, social media, um, licenses like QBCC licenses, CASA licenses, for example. Some of those are transferable, some are not. Um, but understanding what you can do with them and making sure that they are registered and up to date and any fees associated with those licenses and registrations are up to date as well is critical. Um, you don't want to inadvertently transfer something you can't transfer or think that you can transfer something that ultimately you can't give to a buyer. So again, doing some due diligence around that is really important as well. 
And uh, the PPSR? So their charges are taken over um, over your business by often suppliers so or banks if you operate an overdraft. Um, now you have to sell the business free, free of any encumbrances so you have to get this released now. It's amazing how many sellers don't realise how many of these security interests are registered over their entities. Uh, some of them are historical and have been there for years and years and years with suppliers that they no longer deal with. But they've never done anything about getting rid of them. So, you know, doing a search and making sure that you tackle those and contact those security holders is really important because you must have them released before we get to settlement. And some of these can take, you know, quite some time to um, get released by the time you reach out to that secured party and do whatever it is that you need to do in terms of their, their requirements to have those released. So understanding what charges you have and dealing with them if you can pre-settlement um, is important as well. Sylvia, so in terms of you know business succession and, and, and selling businesses generally, at, at what juncture do you recommend that somebody comes and sort of seeks your help? Uh, I mean, is it, is it secondary to 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 the advice they seek from their accountant, or is it uh, you know prior to that, or what's what's your recommendation? Look, the best time to do it is when you actually have that conversation with the accountant, um, or shortly thereafter. Uh, we actually work with a lot of accountants in this space where we actually are either at that initial meeting or, or are invited to attend very close after that initial meeting because it's a collaborative approach. We make sure that we work together with your accountant um, to address all of these things. Some of them are more accountants um, domain, some of them is more legal domain, but together we work to make sure that the seller gets to where they want to get to, which is getting an optimum price for the business that they've invested a long time in nurturing and getting to that point. So um, certainly we deal with a lot of people who come to us when they have an interested party. Um, when you still get those transactions done, but they can become a lot more stressful um, than they need to be than if you're involved as when you're thinking of engaging, um, say, a broker, for example, to actually list the, the business for sale. Sylvia, if anyone's got any questions, they can reach out to you at Big Law. Of course, anytime. Thanks heaps for listening to this edition of the Law by Dan podcast. If you found it useful, it would be great if you can leave a rating on Spotify or iTunes or whatever the streaming platform is that you're using. Also, if need be, you can reach out to me at lawbydan.com.